0: If green is your favorite color or your way of living, then Grounded is the place for you. From big environmental solutions to your own backyard, wherever in the universe you may be, join me, Melanie Walker, on a journey to a cleaner, greener life. Grounded, your window on the environment. Yes, that's what being Grounded is about, getting back in touch with yourself, with the environment, And seeing what you can do to make a difference. Um, Not just in your own backyard, but I think globally as well. So I'm very pleased to be able to welcome into the studio a bunch of eco-warriors. And yes, we are. And we always have this thing: I'm a warrior and I will not turn my back on this battlefield. Be (laughs) Be it against the lily borers or snails or against the more pernicious things in society such as plastics and all of that kind of stuff and that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about today so with me we've got uh, anthea campbell who's the publisher of EcoBalance lifestyle magazine as well as her editor kerry Ann grace and then coming out of rösendal for a little while <laughs> <laughs> we've got sean williams from natural co and we're talking today about balancing life and thanks for coming in today hi
1: thanks melanie
0: okay. hi there all right so first of all anthea brought sean to my attention by saying, right, we've got somebody who's doing some really great stuff. He is an eco-warrior. What What does the magazine... Let's just go back and talk about what the magazine does, first of all.
2: Eco-Balance is about um, living a balanced lifestyle within our environment. And also, um, it's a transitional journey. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we are very passionate about is how can we live this balanced lifestyle And um, meeting people, both Kerri-Ann and I, we meet a lot of people all the time. And coming across Sean was quite important because he's doing quite a lot of work, um, fantastic work um, with schools. And we felt that it was important to let everybody hear his message. Mm. And also for us to um, talk about it in the publication because we are passionate. We're passionate about recycling. We're passionate about upcycling. Anything to do with Living a
0: balanced lifestyle. So we're looking at the younger one amongst us at the moment, Carrie ann You do quite a lot of serious writing for the magazine as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely I do. So I look at the more sort of weighty issues. So, for example, palm oil and... um, the recycling side on the plastic side, how we should be doing it, why we should be doing it. Um, But I think it's important um, in terms of eco-balance to not be negative. I think there's a lot of negativity out there. So even though the issues are weighty, um, even though they're controversial, um, even though they say um, what we may not want to hear, um, I think that it's always important to uh, try and bring a balanced view um, and to give both sides or all the sides of the story. So that's in, in those kind of articles. Um, and I think it's very important to highlight what progress is being made because there is progress, um, albeit small.
0: Well, when it comes to progress, and we talk about youth, obviously, I mean, we, we are only caretakers of the earth at the moment, holding it in trust for the youth of today. And hopefully we are making an impact on the way that the youth think. And I think for those of us, especially who have got children who are maybe still at school or they're very young, Getting hold of them early is the way to go. Now, this is what Sean's been doing. He's been going to schools and hanging out with all these young, um, agile minds who are saying, we want to make a difference. We want to, you know, I think maybe Greta Thunberg has had quite a lot to do with the fact that they're suddenly thinking, hang on, we do have a voice.
1: Yes, correct. I think it's important that we, as elders, uh, teach our children that they are the future of this planet. Mm. You know, they are the ones that have to make the difference in the world. So that we can have a better planet, because at the moment we are seeing uh, the oceans being raped by of all the fish, uh, corals dying, you know, poaching as we've seen, and it's um, it's just because of lack of education, I think. You know, mm. so the kids need to really make a difference, and they need to understand this is not just that white elephant in the room. They need to really now face the, uh, this plastic pollution, any sort of uh, environmental issue we have head on. Mm. So where did you start with your little journey into this? Sorry, it's not a little journey. It's getting bigger, isn't no, it? It's I like mean, diversifying. Yeah, I um, I went to the Maldives to do turtle conservation uh, about two years ago, and I did it for a month. And then while I was there, I realized how severe plastic pollution was mm-hmm. on these islands that were uninhabited. And then I, I came back and I thought, you know, I'm so tired of sitting around a table and everyone says, oh, we've got to do something. And uh, they must and must. And no one does anything. So I really made this effort to to really decide to... make uh, eco bricks at that stage and then i just love talking to kids i mean i've got a four-year-old daughter who knows more about plastic recycling than most adults do just through awareness of what i'm doing so Mm. i realized that that is my passion i mean every time i walk out of a class like this morning my glass is full and that's very important to me and um, um i'm learning as i go so i tell everyone i'm not a specialist i'm not a scientist i am meeting tremendous people like yourself And this wonderful crew here every day. And I think that's what's important is once you have, like you said, a passion Mm. and, uh, you know, and passionate about your magazines and passionate about what you do in gardening. I think once you meet like-minded people, then you all of a sudden you become stronger and more aware and you grow so much more and what you're actually learning every day. So I learn every single day. Just sitting with you for five minutes outside, I learned more about plastic.
0: Yeah, we, we we tend to have this incredibly wide knowledge of things these days, especially if you are into the eco world, because you, you have to, you have to be able to speak with authority about the stuff that you're doing. And now I'm going to take it back to eco bricks because there's still so many misconceptions about it. I've had some people going, first of all, well, oh, there's no point in doing that because you know the plastic. Why are you bothering to do that with the plastic? And then, but I've also heard people saying that recycling paper actually causes more damage to the environment than making paper. And I'm thinking, okay, there are so many people out there that just don't know what they're talking about most of the time. Now, Anthea, you and I had a, a discussion quite a while back about making eco-bricks and how people get into it. So I'm going to ask you, Sean, to
1: to run through, what do you tell the kids? Well, the first thing that I was taught is shove every single single used plastic uh, into an eco-brick. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, it sounds logical because everywhere you walk and look and rivers and oceans is just plastic. But what we've got to realize is that South Africa is actually really good at recycling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have peats from, we have the recycling sort of emblem from one to seven, and, uh, you know, 90, besides three and seven. We recycle everything else. Twos, fours, and fives and sixes, very well. So I okay, mean, well, you're talking these numbers here and I'm going like what are you talking about? Okay, on every single um, plastic item is a is a triangle symbol. Yeah. And inside that triangle symbol is a number. So okay, so this is this won't. This is a peat, this is a clear bottle. Yes. So this is high this is the most recyclable product on the planet. What a clear, clear bottle. Clear plastic, yeah. yeah. What I figured out is so to get back to what the question is about kids, is that all kids are basically taking any two-liter bottle, being clear. Green, blue, black, whatever it is, and they're putting um, any sort of plastics into it. And what I've learned from scientists and the people that I've been talking to is that rather recycle these clear plastic bottles. We are we we are seventy percent. We do seventy percent recycling of these plastic bottles, mm-hmm. where Europe only does about forty percent. We're probably the best in the world when it comes to the peat one. So I've saying to kids, don't take away the eco bricks. It's very important because it's a you know it's a physical thing, and you got to. Get your hard labor and put your plastics, mm. in. it's educating. And but It does take time. My my hands are always absolutely annihilated by the end of it. Exactly, but yeah. I mean, like you even said to me, oh, I do my eco bricks, and you've got two at ho- you two in the car, and you've given so you know, everyone's getting excited about doing eco bricks, and which is incredible. But we've got to be clever about which item we we actually putting into these eco bricks. I so guess okay, so what should you not put into an eco brick? Okay, on, apart from food, obviously. Yeah, so most stuff that is like um. Uh, if you buy dishwashing liquid in those hard containers it's mm-hmm. recycling, but then a lot of people buy refills. Yes. Which is in that plastic. Those things. That dishwashing uh plastic bags, um, sweets, anything with a silver lining inside pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. You know, your Bitcoin bites, little your little dispensers that you take your tablets out of. I cut those up and put those on yeah. Credit old credit cards. Yeah. But anything with a number seven on a plastic. So let's if you want to keep it simple, number seven is non non recyclable throughout the entire world, really. So I'll show it to you later, but um, <laughs> I'm so, sitting here and what is a number seven? A yeah, number seven is it says on the thing, other, which means cannot be recycled. Okay. So shoving those into eco bricks, but try and use like a stony ginger beer or a sprite bottle. Mm. The reason why is uh, these guys on the, these street surfers, as I call them, they get two rand fifty for a clear bottle, mm. where they get about a rand rand twenty five for a, a stony ginger beer or a sprite bottle. So these guys, even though they're fantastic for recycling. Their main mission is not to save a planet. Their main mission is to put food on the table. Yes. So they will take all the most expensive plastics out of your bins and leave the ones that, that either their trolley's too full or they don't want to take today, they leave those in there. Mm. And uh, when Pick It Up comes to your house and says, okay, let me take the stuff that's left over, if there's a little bit left, they'll throw them into landfills because the diesel and the salaries and all the stuff that takes to recycle that little left is not worth it, so they'll throw it into landfills. So the idea is to carry on with the eco bricks. But as I said to you earlier, EcoBrick is like a parkour; car. It's got to be removed somehow. But let's not take away the fun part of it because, I mean, everyone's having fun doing these things. But mm-hmm. let's put the right plastics inside.
0: But it's getting kids involved as well. I mean, Even my children's school um, – I- I think every single school I've been to is actually making eco bricks. And it's a case of a lot of the time people are getting it down to the stage where they're throwing almost nothing away at home. Mm, brilliant. And that's I think where we want to be. But you can also put things like um you don't want to put wood in.
1: No. No. Because that's biodegradable. I think it is. Yeah. theory. So
0: but um you can put in what was it like material. Yes, material, yes. Like you little can. scraps yes, that you yes, can't yes, use for yes, anything correct. else that you might use for stuffing, you can correct. put that in there. Yes. Little bits of sponge that you get in those those um vitamin yes. kind yeah. of yes. things. Pretty much And
2: you know, it all must be clean. Yes.
1: Yeah. So no, no, you gotta wash everything out yeah. nicely, yeah. I think that's where we also as a society become lazy, you know, because we'll say, Okay, that is recyclable. This uh like for example, um, a little a yoga tub. Oh that's recyclable, Here it is. But we throw it into the bin and we haven't cleaned it. Once you haven't cleaned it, it's contaminated. So, we've got to stop being lazy. Mm. You know, if we are determined to save the planet, then we have to make an effort. But what about polystyrene? Now, polystyrene is a number five, which is totally recyclable in South Africa. Very, I never thought so. I was shoving polystyrene to my eco bricks, but it is. Again, it boils down to most polystyrenes have got fast foods in them and people don't clean them. Mm. So, they don't get recycled. You just wash
0: everything. Yeah.
1: yeah. Wash it and dry it.
0: Like we would with bottles. I mean, I'm com- I've become so completely obsessed with all of this stuff. It's actually, My children are thanking me for it, though, because you know, it's a part of their LO project for their year at school. So they all have to make eco bricks. And most of the people just throw things into their bins. I mean, I can't believe the houses I go past. And the bins, those big black bins, yep. are completely overflowing. And they've got two of them coming from one house. I'm throwing maybe like a
1: half a shopping bags of... of Of rubbish away a week and also we should in our households we should have a um a composter i mean it's it's cheap it's you don't have to have these massive composts watch Um, this
0: space i'm working with a company called upcycle
1: who i've spoken to on the show
0: before and we are wanting to do these composting bags from billboards you know the ones that can't be recycled and we getting very involved with people who in corporates yeah. who have got all of the stuff that's generally going to landfills and saying, right, let us come up with a different way of you handling your waste. So it's not just kind of we want companies to get involved. And I know you are saying, how do I get companies to get involved? How do I get them to put some money into this? It's a big problem getting corporates to offset what they're doing. And we all look at big corporations, um, be it the SABs or you know the the big companies, tire companies. You <laughs> want to go green? Yes. I mean, if you want to go green, go to the places where you know that they're already doing stuff for the environment. But there is also there is a, a, a negative connotation to a lot of them, but then there's the positives as well, that even if they're not putting money into stuff, they are setting trends. And that was something that somebody pointed out with somebody like Coca-Cola. Yes, we can take those bottles. We can recycle them. We can make eco bricks from them. It's become a positive way of thinking about it. Even if they're not actually actively doing anything themselves or putting money into something, they are creating a consciousness. Is it enough is the question. Should they actually be putting money into these projects and setting up little places where people can go and
1: create eco-bricks and build a village made of eco-bricks and they could fund it? Look, um, if you look at Coca-Cola, they are making 300 million plastic bottles a year. Mm. And uh, if you try and think about, what, it's 300 million, it's it's 15,000 blue whales. That's the weight. Okay, that
0: doesn't compute for me either. So if you think about <laughs> the blue whales,
1: the biggest living mammals. Yes, on I know. Planet. So 15,000 of those is what Coca-Cola is making in plastic every year. And they've committed by, what, 2030 to start recycling their own bottles, but they're not doing that at the moment. I think if you look at the 50s and 60s when plastic manufacturers started plastic, they their, their thing is we're creating plastic, and it's up to the consumer – to, to do something it. with it, yeah. But it shouldn't have been it. Why leave it up to the consumer to recycle it? Why not use an organization if you make it? Why don't you then motivate recycling it?
0: But it's just become, as you said, we're a lazy, lazy population, yeah.
1: especially here in South Africa,
0: that we are a throwaway generation. Well, not so much our generation. I think the, like, I don't even know which generation it is, but they, they see everything as like, oh, it's only got one use, and we mm-hmm. use it and we just toss it without even thinking about where it's going or what they're doing with it. So essentially, your war generation of people, you know, the ones that were mainly born during the war or were alive during the war, not that there are very many of them left anymore, they were the people who understood the value of stuff Okay, Because they, they, hadn't, they didn't have the stuff during the war. So everything, you know, you'd know you have granny had a box full of bits mm. and pieces that you could use. And everything was reusable. These days, I mean, I'm fortunate. I've got a, a geyser that was made out of old airplane parts in 1945 in my house. Everybody says, why don't you get a new geyser? I'm like, well, I get a geyser that's going to fall apart in five years and you have to replace <laughs> it. Seriously? No. This, the, the newer generation, and I don't know, it's not really the boomers so much. Um, who are being, you know, the ones that are saying we need to actually kind of do something about the planet. I think it's the younger people who are doing it and maybe the boomers are sitting back and saying, well, actually, we did our bit but
1: it's up to you now to do it. I think it's instant gratification. I think everyone now is just, you know, technology has given us instant gratification. So, you know, throwing away a plastic bag or not caring for the environment, Why?
0: But it did work when they decided to start charging people for plastic bags. People started looking after their plastic bags because they had to pay for them every single time. I don't think so. I don't still you think, think so? I still think there's I think a massive
1: the... plastic bag pollution problem.
0: But it's less than it used to be. I mean, if you take a drive down, say, through the Eastern Cape or up into the Slatine somewhere in KZN, if you go up, say, through to the northern KZN coast, mm-hmm. there are fewer plastic bag trees. We always used to call them our national flowers. Do you remember that? Because the trees were always full of plastic. There aren't that many anymore. That's one I've noticed.
2: With regards to um, Coca-Cola, they have started that project, which is in the Eastern Cape, um, where you can actually take your bottles in and you'll get um, paid for it. Yes. So that's, you know, to say that they're not doing anything, I think we've got to be fair to them Mm. that they are doing something. Um, It's a start. I just felt that why isn't it... Countrywide, yes, not just one area. Yeah. So, from that point of view, I think we need to look at.
0: Yes, they are doing something.
1: Mm.
0: Okay, no, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Some companies are doing, and I think it behooves us to actually go and have a look and see who's doing what, and should we be purchasing their products? And there's a lot of things that are going out at the moment. Surveys that are being done. Would you go and buy from somewhere where they have less packaging? My answer is immediately yes. yes. The question is, how far are you prepared to travel for that? Because there's so few and far between.
2: Mm, all about convenience.
0: Yeah. Exactly. That's the
2: problem. Mm-hmm.
0: And it is. It's a convenient thing. I mean, our lifestyles, especially in the cities, are really hectic. But the littering. Littering was a huge thing when we were kids. You did not litter. Mm-hmm. You zapped in a ZB. Mm-hmm. Why are kids not being taught that still?
1: Laziness. Yeah, I suppose it's laziness. It's um, I think we just
3: come from an indulged society, quite quite frankly. Mm. Um and I do agree with you. I think the younger generation, um, and I'm probably talking more the millennials, um, they are becoming more aware of it. I think it is possibly the generation prior to the millennials that is the real throwaway society because that's when convenience really took off. Um, And we've just become lazy because it's somebody else's problem. And I think to take it back to the Coke bottles um, and PET bottles and recycling, um, absolutely um, the big corporations, multinationals need to be doing something. But the individual can make the most incredible difference. Um, Plastic has been given the worst rep, and, and so it should be, absolutely. However, it's also incredibly recyclable but it, the, the onus is actually on the individual to make sure that that plastic gets into the recycling Absolutely. system and that's the problem is that the individuals are just too lazy to do it themselves. There are facilities it is being done um, but they, I think just generally speaking people are too lazy if somebody mm. else does it for them oh, yeah, no, they'll be getting the bored immediately they'd be great. Yeah. So I think make your own the,
1: bed people
3: yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: I can tell you so just in um some numbers, so thirty eight percent and I've told you this outside, thirty eight percent of South Africans do not have access to pick it up or any form mm. of municipality collection. So that is probably where we've seen the vast majority of pollution. So w- this lady said to me, Why don't you her name's Annika Batorius, she works for Plastic SA. Um, she said, why don't we get, if we have a nanny or a gardener that comes to our house once, twice a week, three times a week, get them to bring their plastics to your house, Mm. Team. and then you recycle it because you know what recycling is, you know what it is. Everyone here knows what it is. So let's get some of the plastic out of those poor areas and put it into our recycling and it'll help a little bit. But you know, like we said earlier, there's always a negative. So will they do it? They probably won't do it. But if we encourage them to do it enough, we can do it. So mm. that's just something small. Just get the, out of the poor areas, bring the plastics to us. Okay, so you're
0: not just doing eco bricks though, no. are you? What, no. well, tell, tell us about some of the other projects because I mean, I know that we could sit here and talk for like hours and hours about this, but we're not going to. Um,
1: yeah, so I make cycling shirts. Uh, so I was a, I bought Freddie South African, Freddie jeans into South Africa in 2013. So I'm, I've always had a fashion element um, and then I've, decided to make cycling shirts because I'm a passionate mountain biker uh, and all my shirts are focusing on hashtag endangered, hashtag save the uh, mother earth and hashtag save the forest. So it's all about awareness. I make very little money off my cycling shirts because I again just want about awareness and and you know cyclists, cycling is one of the fastest growing sports in South, in South Africa. So I'm trying to encourage people to buy the shirts at under a thousand rand so that they can bring awareness and it's done very well. Um, yeah, I've, uh, it's picking up tremendously with cyclists. They they love not the design. They love the message. Mm. So that's fantastic for me. So it's uh, the, the, the the brand is called Live Life Always, and then the sub brands are Be Kind and Be Humble. Mm. So that's and then hashtag. Um, hang on a second,
0: cyclists humble? Really? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm no, joking. Road riding. <laughs> <want. laughs>
1: Okay, so, I mean, you also, the, the, going around to schools, do you do a lot of school talks? Yes, yeah. Uh, I used to do one every sort of three, four months. Now, I'm doing two, or three a week. So, it's actually taking time away from my real business. Um, but I love it, like I told you. So, if I change one life, then I've done what I'm supposed to be di- uh, here for as a human. Mm. Now, as the publisher and editor of the magazine, do you
0: find that you have people who are responding positively who are younger School children, for instance, are they actually, is the magazine getting to them? Because we should really be pitching something at them.
2: What what we are going to be doing is we're going to start a did you know section in the publication. Um, We we will be doing the first one is going to be talking about landfill, understanding what is landfill, what goes into it, and also how important it is.
3: We see landfills often as, um, we, we call them a rubbish dump, but actually it's, it's quite a scientific process that goes into developing a landfill site. Um, most of them are very well managed um, and they, there's quite a, a sophisticated system that goes into sealing them off into managing the um the groundwater, um and that kind of thing. So I think it's very interesting for and in starting with the younger generation, because quite frankly their parents don't really care, um, to explain how landfills work. And I think once you understand that, it also starts to change your mindset into why we don't want everything to go into to landfills um, and how they also rehabilitated. There's mm. a lot of environmental rehabilitation of, of landfills as well. So that's, that, it's aimed at the, at the younger generation, but I think a lot of people will find it quite interesting.
0: Mm. It is one of those things, and there's so many people who are saying, don't let your stuff, don't just toss stuff. Whatever you may see as rubbish might actually have some economic value to somebody else, and I think that's one of the biggest messages we need to be putting up across to anybody.
2: And then we have um, My Eco Sprout. I don't know if you know them. They um, have this amazing concept to get um, kids involved with planting Mm. um, vegetables. So um, she has a column in our publication, which is fantastic. And um, we will also be doing like upcycling projects for kids to do. Um, Not even kids, uh, young adults, even for myself. Um the next one that we've got is um how to grow or make your own um seed paper mm. which will be a lot of fun and of course, we're going to always be pushing the eco bricks um there's just so many things to do um in the publication cooking um just
0: oh, everything that you could everything possibly you think can of. think of but now sean you you said that You've been spending so much time talking to kids and going to schools. It's taking away from your real job, okay? But you don't just do the T-shirts. What else? I mean, you've got a whole kind of range of things that
1: are going. Yeah, out. so <laughs> I import Italian furniture. Mm-hmm. Uh, from I've been doing that for eighteen years, mostly.
0: May, may I ask you, how do you offset your carbon emissions? <laughs> Very true.
1: Ninety percent of our Italian um, importers are recycle their stuff, so mm. their stuff is recycled plastic. But we've got one supplier who's completely green, so they, their carbon emissions are a lot less than most Italian manufacturers. So, yeah, that's it's a good question. Um, I think if I had if if this little business I was doing now was making me enough money, I'd probably stop selling Italian furniture. Um, it's not my passion anymore. I love design, but uh, yeah, I've done it for eighteen years, and then I've got a non-profit organisation where I support um, rhino conservation, uh, wild dog conservation, polar bears, gorillas pangolins and I focus. that was one of my main focuses on trying to help those species especially the pangolins mm. at the moment 200,000 get poached every year I know
0: it's completely crazy I've never seen in one in the wild that's probably yeah. why but when it comes to design I, I believe that you've also been helping the kids who make the eco bricks to make th- like furnishings yes at their schools or
1: things like that yeah because I've got a furniture background and my Things are mostly chairs and couches and bins. and I'm now making a proper chair out of an eco-brick. Um, so we're trying to get that right. So, yeah, I think I've, because I've got that furniture brain, um, like I said, uh, we made a seating at a school. So, again, it's down to seating. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to get into involved in projects of building houses and you know, building libraries for, for schools and rural areas that don't have sc- libraries. I'd love mm. to get involved in that. So, yes, it's, it's a journey. You know, it's just got to be patient. Uh, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. I suppose it's quite an old cliche saying, yeah. but I, I love the fact that every day I'm learning something, even today about landfills. Like you said, I'd love to talk to you about that whole thing about landfills. That's what makes life exciting. Uh, yes, but we also, we were mentioning about the fact, you know, you can build houses with the bricks, and I think that's
0: actually the best way to utilize them yes. because then they are, they are in something which is solid and it's going to be there forever. Yes. You use the analogy of having a car that's just sitting there eventually you're going to need to move, move it. Yeah. Okay. So if it's furniture that's moving around, plastic has got that ability to to degrade yes. or to get scuffed mm. or just look tatty after mm. a while. So would you say to people that, yeah, sure, if you're going to have a piece of furniture or a wall in your garden, for instance, that's going to be there forever, then it's great to use eco bricks, but don't use
1: them for think, ephemera. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, one of my first projects was building dustbins out of eco bricks. And then if you go to the Lone Hill Park... You know, the, all my dustbins, my eco brick dustbins, and my turtle that I made there for co- eco brick collecting, it's fantastic. Mm. But that plastic becomes brittle after six, seven months, and then you might as well throw away that plastic. Mm. But what's nice, uh, I'm trying to say it's an awareness thing. So people say, What is that? And they, No, it's eco brick. And then you can educate them. So it's not the right solution, but for now, it's about awareness. I think we need mm. to get more people aware, like reading this, uh, your, your magazine, it's awareness. Um, And, you know, that's what we need to snap people's minds out of these laziness or someone else will do it or just ignoring the problem. Lethargy, Mm. I think, is a good word for it. Okay,
0: so people want to find out more about what you're doing or to actually donate or to put something
1: towards your trust. How do they get hold of you? It's uh, Sean, and my name is spelled S-E-A-N, and you got it right. Thank you very much. Sean at naturalco.co.za on Facebook? I'm on Facebook, yeah. I've got a, or the Sean Williams Living Creatures Trust, which is, un, which is my trust. Um, or just get hold of me through the magazine, or I'm sure we can all connect. And, and we can find the magazine where, and yeah,
2: On Zinnia or Magster. That's where it's at the moment. And it should be on Google and Apple
0: shortly. Okay. Yeah. So, of course, if all else fails, you so just go along and find me. and then I'll give you all the details thank you for coming in and joining us and thank you very much Anthea and of course if you want to find out more you can get hold of us and we'll let you know exactly how to be involved until then, well, get outside go and make an eco brick teach your kids to do it above all, stay grounded bye bye you've been listening to another episode of Grounded from Solid Gold Studios in Johannesburg For more green ideas and events, pop along to Mel's Treasures on Facebook.